0: Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz. Pete Carroll met with the media ahead of Day 7 of Seahawks training camp, and on Friday they'll have another practice before having a mock game on Saturday. On today's episode, we'll hear about the preparations for that, the mentality that goes into being a Seahawks quarterback, and we'll get some more detail on the offensive line. Maybe one of the surprises so far on the offensive line is that Ethan Posick has been getting more time at center than their offseason acquisition, B.J. Finney. On Twitter, Bob Condota reported that Finney saw action at right guard on Thursday, with Posick and Kyle Fuller getting reps at center. Maybe some news that was less surprising this week we found out, much like at Saturday's mock game, there won't be any fans at CenturyLink Field until November at the earliest. So, out of their first six games of the season, the October 4th road game in Miami and the October 25th game in Arizona are the only two that have not ruled out fans being at games. We've also heard that the NFL is considering artificial noise for the stadiums, but that's not something that'll play into these mock games coming up for the Seahawks. Pete Carroll said the two mock games in the next week are about getting an idea for the routine that goes along with game day, even down to the length of halftime.
1: Well, there's a lot of stuff going on for this, this first game for us. Um, you know, it's, it's we're doing everything that we can do to make it as game-like in terms of all of the, what it takes to get to the game. You know, and that's that's all of the the work that goes on in the locker room, pregame stuff, the pregame routines, uh, on the field stuff to get ready. Back in the locker room, the time frames, all we're doing that all those exactly like a game, half times, twelve minutes, the whole thing, and and uh, coaches in the booth, all like we're doing all that. You know, and and. Uh, so it's as much as anything. This is really about procedural, you know, approach getting that thing knocked out. Um, when you have four games, you know, you have plenty of time to work that out. And so, um, I want to make sure that we have this nailed here at home for sure. And uh, and and so that that's really that's one of the big emphasis. Now, obviously, uh, what, what we're going to do is we're going to get a really good test on the first couple of weeks of work, you know, and see who knows what and see if guys are commanding the, uh, you know, their stuff on offense and defense and and and. Uh, um, the tempo and, the, and the, you know, the, the exchanges that we make going in and out, substitutions, all that kind of stuff to make us really sharp at game, it, it, game time when it comes up. Wednesday will be the next really big shot for us when we come back around and go to the stadium again. So this is kind of like the first preseason game for us and trying to get everything organized and, and get off to a good start.
0: One thing Pete Carroll likes to say is that it's all about the ball. Of course, it's part of the emphasis of creating turnovers, but also avoiding turnovers on offense. When it comes to the cornerbacks, though, the mindset is a little bit different, according to Pete. If you're a defensive back who's getting beat deep, you're no good, as far as Pete Carroll's concerned. You know, in the defense, if 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 teams can score fast
1: and, and on long plays, you're not worth a darn. And so the responsibility comes to the guys on the back end, and it begins with the corners. They got to stay on top, and they got You know, they got to take care of their business and and give us a chance to make it, uh, an opponent have to work their way down the field. So. You can't play corner in our system because you can jump on, jump around and make a play. And then the next play, you get beat. It doesn't it don't work that way. So I so guess have to start and develop a real mentality for for owning uh, the, the deep ball, go balls, post routes, user safety accordingly and all that. Um, and then they work their way back. And, and when you play really good technique consistently, then you're available for the opportunities. Is kind of how it works. Meaning that if a quarterback's a hair late, receiver tips off his route, changes the depth and runs it a little early so you get a lead on the break. And if you're playing really good, consistent uh, uh, principal defense, then you, you're available for the play that may come. But being physical always is the overriding thing that, you know, the guy catches the ball, you make the hit, you can knock the ball out, whether you're breaking up a pass or whether you're forcing a fumble. And so that's that's part of it as well. Um, being in the right position in your zone so that when the quarterback errors and throws the ball over the top or thinks he's got you and he throws the ball and you're in total command of it, that's how they make their play. So. I've not been one ever with you know coaching DBs for a million years. It seems that to make make guys think they have to make every play and stop every route. If you do that, then you get beat deep, and if you get beat deep, you're no good. So, um, you know, our our guys playing outside, they're playing the the, the fade ball for for uh, Jody Allen and and for the 12s and for everybody in the building. You know, they're the only guys that can stop those things, and they've got to have the right mindset to get that done. I'm really anxious to see Quentin in the next you know in the next week or so to see how he handles stuff. Um, technically he's been coached up by guys who have been in our system. So that's a really big bonus. He, he knows all of our terminology technique wise. Uh, and and so as he comes in here, he's just hearing it again. And so that's a really positive for us as we try to transition him. But we got to see what he's like. He's been a real instinctive football player and a playmaker. And so um, I'm hoping that shows up. We'll, we'll see how that works.
0: Quentin Dunbar had one year left on his deal when the Seahawks traded for him and Shaquille Griffin is going into the final year of his rookie contract with the Seahawks. Pete was asked about the pressure that goes along with trying to make those big plays that can pad the stat sheet, especially considering the hopes of making an impression toward getting a new contract in the offseason. But he says ultimately that can be detrimental. Heck yeah.
1: Yeah, that, that, that factor of over-trying, the factor of trying too hard or trying to make things happen you know, when they're really not there, is one of the biggest faults in, in performance. I mean, it's, it's not matching the opportunity with what it's called for. You you try to do things because for the wrong reasons. And uh, whenever you do that, you know, you, you really make yourself vulnerable to, to giving up plays and, and making mistakes and errors and all that. So, um, and it, it doesn't matter what the factors, you're talking about maybe it's contract year, maybe it's the last play, or maybe it was what happened in the game last week or whatever, and guys try to come back and do stuff. And whenever they get outside of how they're, they've been prepared, and uh, the expectations of the position and then they'll sometimes they may make stuff up and try te- technically different things you're making yourself vulnerable so it's really it's such a good question because this is about trusting the preparation trusting what you know about yourself trusting the coaching that's that's come your way trusting that you have a role to play for the guys on the field the rest of the guys on the field and the team and all of that all of that comes into play so guys don't over try and they don't make stuff up and they they, they don't you know, play outside of themselves. So when we try to be something that we're not, it's when we really falter and, and fail. So um, it's a really good question because that's a huge part of performance.
0: With Quentin Dunbar now on the practice field, Marquise Blair got a chance to take some snaps at his usual position at safety. Pete talks about how he's primarily focused at nickel so far and reacts to the fact that Blair added 10 pounds of good weight in the offseason.
1: He really has pumped up. He had a great offseason. And, and that's such a good sign for a guy that's really tuned in and into it. Wanting to make a statement wasn't satisfied with what happened in his first year all of that um he really he's one of our most aggressive players and, and toughest guys and you know and and uh to get another guy on the field like that just adds to the to the dynamics of our defense and, and so so far he's done really well and we've we haven't seen anything we don't like about him um and uh there's still more in the installation to come that will give him a chance to do more and so um I'm just—I'm actually—I can't wait for every day as he keeps coming out. He, he learn—he's learning his stuff really well. He's not having any trouble at all. Um, if anything would be suffering, really, really, it might be more playing safety uh, because he's focused so much on the nickel spot. But he still is in, in the running for all of that too. So, uh, but we did emphasize the nickel stuff uh, first and foremost. Uh, Nick Sorensen is really working directly with the nickels and helping those guys develop. And uh, he's an exciting football player. And remember, remember all the plays he made last year. Whenever he had a chance, he did some great stuff. Great stuff. And in a real learning mode, too. So uh, this is, this is going to be fun to see him go.
0: Without the preseason, the coaches are going to be a lot more limited on the amount of information they get about players and their potential. Pete says that means they're going to have to rely more on a gut feeling in absence of what they would normally try and learn through a normal preseason.
1: It's just a built-in issue, you know, in this camp, in this format. It's a built-in issue for us. That how, how can we determine and decipher the guys that, you know, that would could do it on limited amount of attempts and not game reps as well. Um, So, you know, there's, all I can tell you is we're we're talking about it every day and doing our evaluations and trying to put guys in situations and it's already seemed to happen some. For instance, like we don't have any hesitation on Carlos Hyde right now. I mean, he already has shown us his movement and his instincts and his awareness and all of that. So we know he, the player that we've seen, there's no question there. The tough part is the guys who haven't played in the league I think that's who you're talking about, the young guys. It's just more difficult for them. And uh, so they, they've got to make, you know, for their, in their own effort, they've got to make a good splash. And when they get their chances, they and they really have to be on their stuff so that when they get the opportunity, they can make the play that's available and, and not miss their chances. So it's uh, like kind of like pinch hitting a little bit. You know, you got to get in there and get your cuts and hopefully, you, you know, you get a base hit. And they, they got to make some plays as they get their shots, which puts the pressure on them, which takes us back to the question of over trying, you know, and trying to make something happen that isn't there. Um, So this is a difficult situation and hopefully, uh, you know, we're going to use our instincts and and go from our our gut feeling on guys. Uh, John and I have already talked about how we got to do that and we're going to have to determine a lot of stuff out of maybe a little bit of information. And so, um, you know, hopefully everybody will contribute in a good way. We'll make good choices on that. And I hope the guys get their chances. You know, I want everybody to get their shots to show what they can do.
0: By not having a second and third preseason game where we generally see the most time from starting players, Pete says that's being addressed in training camp by putting an emphasis on starters going up against each other and practice more.
1: Where they won't get the game time, you know, in second game, third game of the preseason, we got to get it out here. So our guys are going against each other more than than normal. And we like our ones against ones anyway, but they are getting more reps just so that they're playing at the most competitive, uh, you know, opposition we can give
0: them. Pete Carroll has always placed a big emphasis at speed at wide receiver. Rarely have they even drafted a player slower than 4'4 speed. So think about guys like Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, or even going back to guys like Ricardo Lockett or Golden Tate. There's another player, though, who Pete Carroll says is the fastest they've had on the team. The name of that receiver is coming up next. In last year's Combine, D.K. Metcalf set himself apart from the pack by running a 4-3-3, which is rarely seen among guys who are 6'4 and 220 pounds. I mean, to put that in perspective, Philip Dorsett, a player that the Seahawks added at receiver in the offseason, he also ran a 4-3-3, but he did it at 5'10, 185 pounds, a difference of 6 inches and about 40 pounds. But even though he ran a 4-3 at the Combine, Coach Carroll says Dorsett is running even faster than that, going into his sixth season in the NFL.
1: He's the fastest guy we've ever had here, Greg. You know, I mean, he's, he runs. I mean, the, in the time realms, we, we don't even think really exist. You know, four twos and stuff. Um, and and in our system with Russ and, and the way Russ likes to bomb the football, um, he, he's a big factor for us. And matter of fact, you know, we're just installing stuff in the next couple of days that really accentuate. Um, some of those kinds of plays, and, and I'm really anxious to see him fit in. Tyler's been phenomenal at that stuff over the pat in the in the past, and and uh, to have the compliment really with all of that speed on the field at the same time, DK and and uh, and, and Tyler and, and Philip, um, it's pretty dynamic, you know. So, but he's done really well, uh, and that's what you see. He's got behind us a couple times.
0: The two most recent additions to the Seahawks this week was the signing of defensive tackle P.J. Johnson for defensive line depth. They also added another quarterback with the addition of Danny Etling. Some people have pointed out that coincidentally, or maybe not coincidentally, Etling has played for the Falcons most recently, but also the New England Patriots. The two teams Seattle happens to play in its first two games. Coach Carroll addresses what the signing means for former Washington State quarterback, Anthony Gordon.
1: Um, Anthony hasn't had a lot of work opportunities. He's picked everything up really well and smart as can be, um, but we're just looking for competition, you know, that it's a little bit different. I'm feeling a little bit different. You know, the sense of urgency of not having the four games when you have to get your third quarterback ready to play in those preseason games, it's a little different for us. So we're able to focus on the one and two more so. Um, so that's it's a little bit of a change. But we just You uh, know, we have we've, we've thought a lot with Danny. We want to see what he looks like here on our field and see see where he fits in.
0: A guy who has no problem fitting in is left tackle Dwayne Brown. He's going into his fourth season with the team. Pete talks about the importance of having a veteran player like Dwayne on the team, especially considering his knowledge and experience.
1: Uh, he he is—he's a unique leader. Um, he well—he's just a unique person. He's really got his act together. He's really serious about his craft. Um, he's got—he's got, he's got a, a really good brain, just figuring things out in the world, and got a good perspective and all. When I mean, you ask him anything, you know, and, and he's—he just can handle himself really well. Uh, so he's got. He's got good skills in, you know, in, in how to deal with people, Um, his good sense and awareness. I go to him all the time, asking him questions about how things are ha- you know, going. How, what's the tempo like? Does it feel good? Are we, are we doing doing the right stuff to get the best out of us? I mean, I, I lean on him all the time. And uh, it's because I just think he has such a good perspective and all. So uh, he's very valuable to us.
0: When it comes to the offensive line, Brown really seems to be the only clear-cut starter. And that creates a problem because Pete Carroll would really like to identify his five starters as soon as possible. And he's running on a limited amount of time before the season. It's just really, it's
1: just a matter of time. It's a race against the clock, really, just to get them enough reps and get them in, you know, in situations that can call for them to express whether they know their stuff or whether they don't, whether they can respond really well under the the tempo of the game and make the right decisions so they use the right scheme and tactic and, 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 uh, you know, in identification, all that, that's, it's just time. It's really what we're concerned about. So those guys, we're trying to keep those guys as together as we can and try to predict how it's going to turn out. But there's such good competition that they're, they're, they're making it hard on us. So if there's anything, it would be that there's, there's competition at the spots that make us want to see other guys that keep us from getting the extra turns together in the, in the same unit. So we're not calling it early. Um, but, um, but there'll be, uh, we got three and a half weeks right now is what we're looking at, you know? And so, um, we're just trying to log as many minutes as we can. So that's that's really the part that we're concerned about. Can we get enough reps so that they can be ready for game time and they can really respond in, in, in game speed like they have to?
0: Closing out the show with some injury updates. First round pick, Jordan Brooks sat out practice for a couple days with injury concerns. Pete hopes that with the rest and now being back at practice, it means that we'll get to see him in Saturday's mock game.
1: Uh he's practicing today. He practiced some uh day before yesterday got some reps in surprises that he that he was able to bounce back. Um He's getting a pretty good number of plays today. Not quite a full load, but he'll be out there. So uh, we just want to work him back in and make sure he's okay. Um, you know, it might, you know, might have been a little more of a cramp than, than it was a, a tug you know, and a pull. And so uh, we'll hopefully keep our fingers crossed that he can do some good things today and is able to come back tomorrow and the next day. We'd like to really get him out there on, on uh, Saturday
0: if we can. At tight end, Colby Parkinson broke his foot in June and hasn't had a chance to be on the practice field yet. Carroll talks about his status as well as what he thinks of their seventh-round pick, Stefan Sullivan, and how he's coming along with making the transition from wide receiver to tight end.
1: Colby's doing—he's doing everything. He's ahead of schedule. They're excited that he's going to—you know—make a return here before camp's over. Um, but that's really all I got for you. You know, he's—he's he's doing everything's working out quite well, uh, according to, and he's—he's he's really tolerating all of the workload. So that's really good. Uh, Steph has really done some good stuff uh, for us. We've been real excited about his work. Um, he shows this, the, the catching skills uh, that uh, that the wide receiver background brings, you know, and, and uh, so it is a project for us to teach him, you know, how to be on the line of scrimmage and what he can do there. He's played there some, but not a lot. So that that's uh, you know, Pat McPherson's job to try to figure out how to catch him up. Um, but he's a really nice athlete. And I, I really like the pick um, that we
0: make. He, he looks like he fits. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. I know we've been getting to hear a lot of press conferences lately and some interesting stuff coming from coaches and players, so hopefully you're enjoying that. But coming up on the next show, I'm planning to talk about what happened at the final day of practice heading into this weekend's mock game, so I'm planning an interview for that. And then hopefully we'll get to see what happens in that mock game, and we'll be back here the following day with some reaction. So stay tuned for that. Subscribe to the show at sbnation.com slash podcasts and get the episodes on your phone as soon as the shows come out. Until next time, go Hawks!